we celebrate today the peace, the first advent, the advent of his coming. I would love for us to be able to celebrate the greatest gift ever given to us. And that is Jesus Christ, our Savior. He gave us in this gift, he gave us the gift of forgiveness. He gave us the gift of eternal life. He is our forever king. Isaiah 9, 6 says it this way. It says, for a child is born unto us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. You see, the thing is about Christmas, and, and, and we've all seen this and know the statistics, it seems like there's more people in the hospital during Christmas. There's more people that pass away during the Christmas time, and there are more people that, that have uh, mental problems, uh, and they have burdens because of Christmas, because it's supposed to be such a happy time, and it's not, but, but so be it. Christmas is a milestone. It is a milestone. It is something that we use to kind of reevaluate our life each year. And then after Christmas is over and we've eaten all the great Christmas food, then we make our resolutions about losing weight, right? But here's the thing, is that we don't need to let our milestones become a millstone. We do not let, need to let our milestones become a millstone. What does that mean? We think about this year, those things that we have gained and, and those people that we have gained in our lives. But we also think about those that we have lost. Uh, we think about those things that we have achieved, but yet we also think about those things we have yet to achieve. Listen, I want to tell you something. Satan's biggest trap is to turn your milestones into millstones. Because if we look at Christmas and we become so self-absorbed that it takes our mind off of the gift of Christ, then we are not going to know the peace that comes with the advent of the baby of Jesus Christ. Because if all we are concerned about is what it means for us, or what gift we can get, what gift we can give, whatever it may be. Those things are not bad in and of themselves, but if that becomes a driving force for our Christmas season, then we have lost the peace that comes with it. Because Satan wants us to dwell on what we have lost and lose hope rather than what God has given us. Satan's greatest victory this Christmas would be for you and I to take the gift of Jesus for granted. And he would want, he would, Satan would want us to lose sight of our need for the Savior. Do you know who the hardest person to reach is? The person who feels like they don't need rescuing. That is the hardest person. And the thing is, is that there are churches filled with people that, that feel like that, that they're a-okay and everything is fine and they don't realize that they need a Savior. And even those that are out in the world. But let's look at the gift of a Savior. In John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, in verse 14, he says, In the beginning the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. We know that we celebrate Jesus coming to us as an infant, but He has always been. From the moment you were conceived, from the moment you were in your mother's womb, even before that, Jesus was a part of that. Jesus was there. Jesus loves you. It says, Verse 2, he existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. That means you. That means me. 
Everything was created through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. So the word became flesh. The word became flesh, or the, or the word became human, and made his home among us. And he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory and the glory of the Father, the one and the only Son. And as we come to this point, we celebrate God incarnate, Emmanuel, God with us. And I've, I've used this illustration before, but I can think of no better way to illustrate God's incarnation to us. God's incarnation means that he became one of us. Paul Harvey tells a story about an old farmer who lived by himself in a cabin out in the woods. And he had a barn and he looked out one night and he saw all of these birds that were flying around. And he he wished that so much he knew that if they were to stay out in the elements that he would uh, they would certainly perish. And so he went out to his barn. He turned on the light. He opened the door as wide as he could. And as he opened that door, he just he, he told the birds, look, shoo, go in, go into the barn. Go where you're going to get warm. But the birds, as you know, they, they were scared. They were terrified of this man. And then so instead of them going into the barn that was being open for them to have refuge and security and warmth during that cold night, they perished. And the farmer thought, what could I have done to get those birds in that barn? And he says, I would have had to become like one of them. I would have had to become a bird and led them into that barn. Folks, that is a great illustration of what God incarnate, what, what Jesus Christ, the birth of a Savior, means to us. Is that to be left on our own, we're confused, we're scared, and we wouldn't know how to save ourselves even if we could. But so what Jesus did, he said, look, instead of me telling them what they need to do, I am going to become one of them. God with us, God Emmanuel, the advent of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's why it says in John 3.16 that for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son so that everyone, everyone who believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I mean, think of it this way. Jesus left the warmth and the majesty of his glory. Of his position at the right hand of his father. And he left it to be delivered by a woman in a cold, dark manger. Many people believe that that manger was probably in a cave. Probably on a cold night. We don't know what animals were around. I think people assume there were animals because they used a manger. But it's amazing to see this. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords coming in such a humble way. And as we see that, the Savior is, he was a Savior that we would have never been able to reach him. I want to tell you something. There is nothing, we cannot build our lives. We could be the best person in the world and never be able to touch the hem of the garment of Jesus Christ. We cannot reach him. Religion today, religion is us trying to reach up to God, but true relationship, true Christianity is God reaching down to us 
through Jesus Christ. Jesus knew that we couldn't make it to him, so he came to us. Jesus came to experience a physical body, just like the bodies that you have now. Some of you, you're young and you're fit, and others of you, you things are starting to, you know, gravity's taking its toll, and, and pounds, and all these other great things, And but yet, but God is, has has beautifully and wonderfully made us and and these bodies are not made to live forever but you know what our spiritual bodies are jesus exchanged his spiritual body for a physical body a physical body that felt the coldness of the night that represented your sin and my sin he came into this cold dark world but he was nurtured by mary and joseph but yet that same body would be the one that would feel the pain of going to the cross but though our bodies, they break down and they fade away this morning. And all the, I mean, there are those of us that, that we've, we're here, but yet we've lost loved ones or the, we, we've been sick or our other loved ones have been sick. Our bodies are not made to be here forever. But one day, because of the advent of Jesus Christ, we will get our spiritual bodies. So to experience the peace that is found in Jesus We must not leave him in the manger, but follow him and do his father's will. You see, this was the purpose of of Jesus's life. Therefore, it is ours as well is to do the will of the father. Now, many many of you and, and ourselves included, we after whatever, I don't know, some of you probably, how many of y'all decorate? I mean, take down your decorations Christmas Day. (laughs) <laughs> One, couple of, some, a couple of days after. Some, there's some people in Anderson I've seen, the way they, they undecorate their house is they unplug the lights. You know? And then when Christmas comes back around, they're going to plug the lights in again. All right? And hey, that's fine. Whether, you like, whether you're never undecorated or always undecorated, as soon as it's over, it doesn't matter. But here's the thing. As we're putting back our, our family mementos and our ornaments and our lights and and all of these things back to where they, they came from, whether it be a closet or an attic or a storage room or who knows where. Let's be careful not to pack our faith up with it. it the, the, the manger, the, the Savior, the advent of Jesus Christ, he is more than just a, a decoration that we put at the foot of our tree. Jesus Christ is more than a cross that people wear on their chain, on a necklace. Jesus Christ is our Savior. Jesus did not come into this world to be a decoration or to be an ornament, but he came into this world to be our King and our Savior and our Lord. And not only is Jesus the Savior that came for us, like the Christ candle symbolizes, he is the Christ that is here today for all who confess him. And then we also have the hope of his second coming. It says in John 14, 1 through 3, it says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, you would have, I would have told you where I am going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, <laughs> when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Folks, do not prepare for Christmas without preparing for his second coming. He is coming again. So this Christmas, I encourage you to celebrate his love, celebrate his glory, 
and worship him with a thankful heart. Because it is there with a thankful heart and one that does not take the advent of Christ for granted. That is where you will find the peace this Christmas. If you are a believer today, my prayer for you is that your soul is at peace. But if you are not a believer or you are unsure about your faith and you're unsure about the second coming of what your, your status will be, I encourage you this morning to make Jesus Christ not only the baby that's in the manger, but the, the Lord that is in your heart. And you do that by saying, God, forgive me. Come into my life. Make me new. Forgive me of my sins and help me to live for you. And if you do that, you will be saved and you will know the true peace of Christmas. But during this season, enjoy the time with your family. Enjoy the time with your church family like we have this morning. And it's been so great to see everybody here and and the little bitty babies that have been here too. And uh, it's just been, it's an amazing time as we have celebrated Advent. But I would just like to open up an invitation before we dismiss today. And that if anyone wants to know the true meaning of Christmas, that they want to know not just the Advent candle. They don't want to know just about the baby in the manger, but they want to know Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. I want to give you that opportunity. So as Tammy plays, would you please stand for a moment and uh, we will give you that opportunity if you would like to respond.